Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On today's show, I have a conversation with a survivor of an abusive marriage and this wonderful lady, her name is Monica Earl Washington, and she approached me to come and have this candid conversation with me about her experiences and how she has navigated through a breakup, which is still very recent and raw. And she shares lots of her experiences in this conversation. And I encourage you to tune in because there's a lot of fantastic tips in here. Um, Particularly, we talk a lot about the financial impacts of separation and the ways in which we need to get resourceful when we go through a separation so that we can come out on top again. So I hope you enjoy today's show. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the How to Increase Your Self-Worth to Increase Your Net Worth online workshop. This workshop is here to help anyone who is healing their life after being hurt, to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves and to help them find their feet again, to be able to move confidently in the direction of a rich and rewarding life. To find out more, to manifest an abundant life, and to sign up for the next workshop, go to Sandy's Keys to Success at sandyj.com.au. Hello, Monica. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I am really looking forward to chatting with you. Each person I talk to on the show has something unique to offer and has their own set of experiences which speak to different listeners based on their own experiences too. Can you please start off by sharing a bit about yourself and what you do and your backstory which has brought you to this place in your life? Okay, Miss Sandy, my name is Monica, Monica Earl Washington. A lot of people know me by Nisi. Uh, that's what I'm called. Um, I am a pretty uh, vibrant person. I am a uh, diverse person. I am a person that loves people. And uh, I can't live my life without laughter or diversity. It don't work well for me. Um, I, I am currently 55 years old. In a few days on the 29th, I'll be 56. My oldest son was born on my birthday uh, 34 years ago. So he'll be sharing his birthday with me. Wow. Uh, I'm a feisty, I'm a feisty, fun type of person. And I am a very peaceful person. I don't like a lot of uh foolishness. I don't like to see people hurt or harm. Um, 
I currently live in Fort Washington, Maryland, close to the national, nation's capital, Washington, D.C. I'm about maybe 15, 20 minutes away from uh, the White House. Uh, I spend my days Monday through Friday working for the Pentagon. And uh, I've been in the federal government uh, for some years now. I've reached my tenure. And I am uh, standing up now to speak to anybody that may feel they don't know what to do, should I stay, us uh, about domestic violence. I am standing up and my voice, I want my voice heard. Um, it's hidden, it's hidden, domestic violence is hidden. And uh, it's more to domestic violence than physical, it's more than verbal. It's more than psychological. It's for me, I stood up uh, because it was mentally going to destroy me. It was destroying me, it was tearing me apart. That was going to be a killer for me. Um, you know, you have some people and they go to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, if you don't stop smoking, you know, you're going to, uh, you know, it's going to take you out of the early age. Oh, if you don't, you know, lose weight, you know, for your age, you know, it's going to attack you and you're going to you know, start having all these health ailments and you're going to die. Uh, abuse, verbal, mental, emotional, psychologically is harmful, but financial is also worse. Mm -hmm. It was not just standing up to the physical, to the mental, to the to the verbal, but the mental attack it takes on you. But for me, it was the financial and neglect. You know, we all, you know, we get married and you get married because you love somebody. You know, I would hope that's why anybody get married is because you feel you've met your soulmate and you're joined in this holy matrimony of your love. You know, you, you you go and you get married and you 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 have all this this love in your heart and it's you, you're talking about you until death do you part and and sitting and growing together and building together and you just think in the future, you know, this is my death to death do us part, you know, and then change come in. And when you have change that comes in, you have denial. A lot of people don't want to admit that. Mm -hmm. I don't do well with denial. And some people want to put things in the back of their head. I don't do well with that. And you try to observe or you try to talk like, you know, hey, what's going on? What's happening? And when you realize that, you know, you face it in the mirror, this, this is, this is, some strong verbal abuse. And a lot of people think, oh, it starts physical, then verbal. No, it starts verbal, or it could start financial, or it could be neglect, or it could be uh, psychological. It's, it's, it's not different, you know, you know, when you look at Google or you look at research, you see it's nine different, you know, um, different stages to abuse, you know. Neither one of them out of the nine are easy. But when you ask a person, you know, 
you know, hey, you just went through domestic violence. What was the hardest? Some people will tell you, you know, it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the physical because I fought back. It wasn't the verbal because I'm not that person, you know, but it psychologically damaged me. But the financial part is for is hard for me because I thought about a time when I volunteered in Jacksonville, Florida, and I didn't relate to a person. And I was like, why she keep talking about finances? Why she always talking about finances? She she just got hurt. She's here with these bruises on her. She's 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 got a black eye, you know. And then she wrote how verbal it was and how degrading it was. Why is she talking about finances? And so here you're it is. talking, Monica. Are you talking now about your time where before you were in an abusive relationship, where you were actually working in a voluntary capacity in the area of domestic violence yeah, and a, you were a support person for I volunteered I wasn't for victims wasn't yeah for victims of victim. abuse so you right. saw it you had how, how many years were you involved in that capacity as a volunteer I did, I did domestic violence in Jacksonville Florida from 1990 uh, five to 2000 and it was 1995 to 2003. So it's you've had, I, you've had a lot of experience coming into contact with victims and hearing stories from victims of what they've endured in all sorts of capacities of different forms of abuse and, yeah, it's really interesting that you're illustrating this point about the financial abuse, which can actually, like it absolutely decimates a person's life because they lose all security when their financial security is taken away. You can rebuild from other places you know, with your, you know, psychological damage it can be absolutely destructive to a person and a person may yeah. never recover from that if they don't receive the right sorts of support after going through all the psychological abuse. The physical abuse, you know, if you're lucky enough to recover from that because it hasn't, you know, been... Um, it hasn't ended things for your life, then you, you can recover from those physical wounds. But the financial, to be stripped of everything financially, and it's basically having the, the rug from uh, pulled out from underneath you because you don't have anything to stand on. And with we live in a world in which we need some financial security in order to be able to survive and if that is taken away from us we are left very very vulnerable so please continue because it is 99% of women who go through abuse are financially abused so this is a huge a very very real topic and it's one that needs to be talked about and you know I think that survivors are very resourceful people. And I know that yeah. you certainly are a very resourceful person. Not only, you know, you've been, 
you've worked, you work, you have a, a job, you know, and you still had that financial security stripped away from you. So can you just walk us through this and, you know, how this happened to you being such a, a strong, well-informed person that even somebody who is so well-informed about what the red flags are in an abusive relationship, how you could still fall prey to being becoming a victim yourself. Well, I, I do want to elaborate just a little bit. You know, when I volunteered as a volunteer as a support person, it was I didn't understand why the why why they would talk about finances until it happened to me in 2020. Because you know, I met my my love and my love paid all of the bills. So for a woman and a mother, you know, I have two children. One of my sons has, is, is uh, with severe disabilities, multiple disabilities. And the state of Maryland moved my son last year out of the home because of the nature of the severity. You know, and he was, I was in the process of getting him to move. But, you know, when I realized I sat down one day where I'm at right now in the dark, nothing on, no lights, no TV, no nothing. And I was like, <laughs> It's, I, I, I just sit here and I heard, I, I, I literally cried. I said, I understand it now. I understand the, the financial part because, you know, my spouse being the higher income person. And just in case you don't know, you're, if you come into the DMV, that's the District of Columbia, Maryland and Virginia, you're not going to even find a one bedroom for under $1,400. And it's probably going to be anywhere from five to 600 square feet. So mortgages are running anywhere from $2,000 and $2,000 is very, you know, is, is, is very cheap because it goes up to three, five, six, seven thousand $7,000 a month. And when my spouse left, you know, he had, well, I trust, you know, you marry somebody, you trust somebody. You know, the lights were in my spouse's name. The water was in my spouse's name. Everything was in my spouse's name. And for somebody who was worked all their life and, and, and trying to come out the struggle, you want the best for yourself. You want the best for your children. And I don't have any, uh, any issues at all telling people that I have uh, come up through the welfare system. I wasn't born into the welfare system, but I had a son that needed 100% of my attention that threw me in the doors of welfare. And when you go through the doors of welfare, that's another type of abuse by itself. And when you work to get off of it and you meet a man to be like, I got you, I love you. You don't have to do anything. And when the day happened, I'm like, he turned the lights off. In the dead of the winter, God, he turned the water off. And when you're the lower income person and your income is already adjusted to what you can adjust to, you have no room to do anything else because your income is already allotted for what you mm -hmm. are accustomed to paying. And I only had two little minor bills here. And when the finance kicked in and then when the finance financial kicked in, the other part is when you go into the court system and they say it's help for us with domestic violence, not if you're married. 
incomes are combined. Not if you have property, because they see it as money. So that's gone out. It's an asset. Yeah, they, they mm-hmm. said, oh, well, we can't help you. You got a job, and he has a job, it's combined income. I'm the lower income, lower income. Oh, but y'all still legally married, so it's combined income. Oh, and you got a house too? Oh, that's assets. You know, y'all can, you can, you know, you can sell that and get money. I'm in it right now. I need, I need an attorney right now because when it's domestic violence, you need, up here, they don't have a problem telling you $5,500. And then when you, I stood up and my spouse stood, you know, he was not exposing him to hurt or harm him. I had to protect myself. And when I realized that, you know, okay, I'm going to get through this. Let me get through the process. Let me get me some help. Okay, not only do, do you take your, your finances and you're purposely planning to leave me poor and you're bragging about it. And I, I don't have any family. My family's gone. My, my, the, the state of Maryland moved my son and now my husband's gone. You're my family. I don't have nobody else, but you, all your family's here. All the finances goes out the door. Then the light goes off, the water, uh, you know, he attempted to turn the water off until I made the call. And then it's like, well, he said the house was taken and by law, you can't turn the water off if, the, if there's somebody in the house. And I'm like, but why would you even want to do that? So when you, when I looked at that, it, the, the physical, the verbal, and the financial is what sent me through the psychological, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. psychological mm-hmm. downfall. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, now I gotta pay the, I gotta get the lights on. Then you gotta have a you gotta have a deposit. I don't care how good your credit is. So so then you go into crisis management and i know that um a lot of because abuse is about power and control that um that a lot of times the financial card gets played um because it's still like it is it's a puppeteering technique and it's a way for them to still have control over you. So, um, and to keep you in your place, so to speak, which is, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that that is, you know, no one should be made to be put in their place. What, you know, our place is, is as an equal, you know, we should be on equal footing. We should have, you know, we should have control over ourselves and our lives and our finances and, you know, everything. That's the way it should be. Well, I had a warning. I had a warning. And I guess when the verbal warning wasn't good, that's when the physical started. Because this 2021 and and this behavior started in 2018. And... You know, when I try to ignore, not ignore it, I don't want to say ignore it, biblically going to the church and praying and and fasting, and I'm saying, okay, you know, I'm trusting in, in, in my higher God because I'm mm. Christianity. And when I realized it, I, I, I was in denial a little bit. Uh, and you know, and I, I don't like to quit myself. I'm, I, I don't do good with the nine. When I, when I faced it, I said, "This is abuse, and I can't do it." But this was the thing. Where am I gonna go? Mm-hmm. If I speak up, I am a middle class 
middle-class African-American woman in a predominantly white neighborhood and doing the best I've, I've did in my life. Mm-hmm. And I have this beautiful home, but do I continue to put myself in denial? Am I staying because of the house? Am I staying because I ain't got nowhere to go? Oh man, if I, you know, Lord, if I say anything, I'm going to have so many red flags, but the red flags were already raised because by the time, you know, a year left, a year, you know, 18 and I'm, I'm coasting. I'm just trying to, you know, like maybe it's a midlife crisis. We're older, you know, and I'm, I'm researching midlife crisis and then I'm, I'm looking and then I come back, Monica, this is not a midlife crisis. This is a piece. Mm. Yeah. But I'm trying to shift my mind. And then I go back. So now it's 19. And I'm coasting. And then it becomes verbal. And then it becomes NAS aggressive. NAS physical in 19. And now I'm researching this ain't abuse. Then I'm looking at it's abuse. Mm. Mm. So I had to face it for what it is. Mm. This is aggressive, deranged physical, verbal, emotional, psychological, financial abuse. But do I stay because I ain't got nowhere to go? That was the biggest dilemma. Be quiet, Monica. Don't say nothing. Thank you so much for talking so candidly and openly about the reality of what it is like. And, you know, that... Uh, denial that you talk about that you know is something that you know many many victims will do is part of a coping mechanism because dealing with the gravity of the reality that what it is that you're actually going through is abuse puts things into a whole other realm of being a big problem rather than being something that, you know, you want to still feel as though you have a loving relationship. You want to hold on to that, you know, and you want to, and another thing which you touched upon is you talked about your faith and, you know, so much of that resonated with me because I remember asking myself the same questions and doing that same sort of um, that thinking about what was going on in my life and really vacillating going between you know thinking oh this is just not right what what I'm going through is not right and yeah this this is abusive behavior to then second guessing myself and yes. thinking maybe Second it's guess. not as maybe it's not as bad as what I you know I think it is and yeah you know so there's that that goes on in our own head but there's also the gaslighting part of it that goes on in the relationship oh, the which is you know the psychological manipulation and the love bombing the cycle where you know that's another reason why we're constantly undermining our own you know, our own belief system about what is actually happening, our own reality. We're questioning our own reality because things are just so out of whack. You know, we're getting love bombed every time something goes wrong, you know, and then we think, oh no, it's all good. It's all sweetness and light. And he really does love me. 
They want to confuse you when they do the love bomb, love bomb, and that's the confusion where they want to confuse you. And I mm. went through that, but for me, I stayed silent and, 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 you know, through all of this, I stay silent mm. and I'm usually a voice. Mm. I am a voice for domestic violence. I am a voice that told people that if you are in a domestic situation, I have a room and I will secure you until they found a place for you. I was that voice because mm. I was leadership at, at, uh, in, in management where I managed 43 different people at, uh, at a joint base Santa Costa. And I dealt with another young lady and I opened my doors to her and I told her that the only way she could do it would be for safety because I would be jeopardizing myself, mm. my spouse and my disabled son. Mm. I was the voice. Mm. And now, you know, I had to sit down. Life had changed because now I'm, I'm into my fifties and and then I started looking at stuff and then I started went into the now. Then I started looking at narcissistic and I said, mm, narcissistic. And then I started writing things down and I started seeing the behavior. And then I said, wow, I was like, you know, I started calling hotlines because, you know, it was hotlines where you could call one, you know, hey, I need to talk to you about something, you know, hey, I see this, that's not, that's, that's narcissistic behavior. And when I realized that uh, maybe if I didn't give you enough glory, it would be an outrage or, you know, like if you cut the grass and, you know, and you did a good job manicuring the, the grass and I would say, oh, the grass looks beautiful. But if I didn't praise it enough, it's an outburst, mm. you know, or, mm. you know, if I didn't do whatever you, I, it's like I had to read your mind. I'm not a mind mm, reader. Mm, I can't mm. read your mind. And then I said, this is narcissistic behavior. Mm. And I believe it was undiagnosed, not, not saying that that's, you know, I don't have paperwork saying this is what it is, but I have all, I'm living proof today that what I've seen and what I know was narcissistic behavior mm. undiagnosed. And what I know about someone that has some issues that's not diagnosed, it don't get better. It gets worse. Yeah, my right. son is 26 years old. And I accepted the fact that my son would be having multiple disabilities. I didn't put myself in denial about it. I didn't take, I, I, I followed what they asked me to do. I know when you don't have the correct diagnosis or you misdiagnose and they give you the wrong medication, now you have an issue mm -hmm. because now you're talking about how a person is going to function in society. Mm -hmm. You're talking about somebody that can actually bring harm to somebody in society. My son is navigating now. Do all this abuse because the abuse was not with me. The abuse started with my son. I'm working. Wow. I don't know. You're slamming doors. I'm coming in from a long day. Couldn't even ask everybody doing. So once man, once slamming the door, I got one on the phone. What is going on? It was never with me at first. It started with a disabled child. Mm. And a disabled child that you know that had a disability, nobody, nobody picks on a disabled child. And the name calling was the worst for me. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized it, I said, okay, I know he has a disability because I walked it. 
been to every doctor's appointment, went to every IEP. But now I'm like, it's something going on over here. I'm the same person trying to keep it in. And then now it's me. Now I'm trying to defend. No, I'm not defending anybody. I'm I'm a right, I, I'm I'm a right and wrong person. Now 18 comes in, oh, it's your fault, you know, well, you should have never had this child. Something's wrong with you because something's wrong with him. And you're trying to be calm. Then it starts on me. It's no longer, you know, me by myself. I'm pull, I'm dragged into something. I don't even know why you're mad. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm getting hit in the head. I don't mm -hmm. know why I'm so violent and so abruptly. What is going on now? I should be able to come in my home and go to sleep and sleep in peace. Yeah. I should yeah. never be woken up because of somebody that maybe didn't have a good day or you've been mad for four days for something that was said that I didn't even know that you got mad about. How do you sit on something for four days? Cause it's not healthy. Mm, yeah. So the gaslighting comes in for something that happened, not just four days, four weeks, some, one, I can remember something, something, something exploded to where the police came for something that was said almost nine months ago. And I'm like, it should have been up for discussion nine months ago because now it festered. Mm. And when it festered, it just, if you, you can't talk about it calmly because it's been in so long and now it becomes violent. It becomes a punch. And when you get hit at a certain, you know, I'm not a young woman anymore. You know, you know, when you get hit the wrong way, it's a different type of effect on your life. And then, you know, because everything was up under my spouse, spouse care, I need a medical card. Mm -hmm. And I called, they cannot give me the medical card because they have to go by the person in the unit. But I have medical insurance. But I need the card for the for the doctor to bill. And oh, by the way, we can't even have any conversation with you. Mm. That's the psychological part for me mm. because we don't have as domestic survivors. There's not a lot of things in place for us. Mm. And I said, I need a medical card. I need to seek medical mm. attention mm. in the middle of COVID. Mm. My job gave me a COVID test, but. I got other things going on mentally, psychological from all of this, because when you go from having a beautiful home and everything is shut down so abruptly and you move on about your life and then you're also trying to toss the person, trying to toss me out of my home and it gets better. Then you find out that there was made a pop, there was a relationship that happened. Of all the women in America and overseas, why would you why would you pick your spouse sibling? Mm. Mm. You pick to have a relationship with your wife's only sister. Why would you do that? And all of that comes in like a mighty whirlwind. I call it a Hurricane Katrina and a tornado at the same time because when they collide, that is a massive destruction. There's mm. no way getting out of that and I'm in a massive destruction that's turning and I'm in a holding pattern look like in the hurricane and the tornado and I'm just twirling and twirling yeah. and twirling one foot in front of the other mm. 
It was just one thing after the other on top of it. So I've already did the physical, I've already did the verbal, okay, I've already did the psychological, I'm gonna take my money. So I'm just gonna go ahead on and just try to crush everything that I can to make her grovel. It was almost like you wanted me to grovel, mm-hmm. you know, don't do this. So you moved out of the home and, and then, you know, and the judge moved them. And then the judge said, okay, well, you know, he paid some mortgage. So we got to move back in the house. You stay mm-hmm. here, you stay there. And that was a worry for me because I was concerned about my son. I knew I had to work. I was concerned about myself. I saw the anger and God moved. So he moved and went and got his own apartment, although he was granted to move back into the house. So now I'm dealing with the fear because you're, you know, it's the DMV. You didn't move an hour away. You moved eight minutes away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now I got to do it. Now I got to deal with this emotional. Now I got to deal with the psychological. My spiritual has been attacked. You talked about my pastor. You called my bishop a pimp. You you called my church a cult. You're a member of the same church. So now I'm under all this attack and I'm trying to figure it all out. And let me tell you, friends go away because everybody's scared they're going to get hurt or going to get murdered. Yes, yes. What happens is you get thrown into the too hard basket. So, you know, people are like, "Mm," you know, throwing their hands up saying, this is too much for me to deal with. So I have to just step away. And, you know, it's horrible because this is the time where you really, really need support. You really need to know that you've got people who have got your back. But because things have become such a mess and you've got this, the risks to your safety, it's like, they're like, no, we can't come too close to this because we don't want this spilling into our lives. You know, yeah, it is fear that drives that. So, you know, this is the time where you are reaching out for other support outside of that. And it's, it crushes you. I, I remember the same sort of thing where, um, you know, I was attending a, a church and um, my ex-abusive partner didn't have, you know, any faith in him to be part of a church, right. you know. Right. But because, you know, I had put a restraining order on him to say he couldn't be near me, he started going to my church, which meant that, that locked me out because I I couldn't be anywhere near him, you know? And so I was cut off from my support. And again, it's all about, it's all about disempowering, you know, disempowering you, leaving you as vulnerable as you can possibly be. So, but, but you know, that, you know, this is the time where you end up getting resourceful and you say, no, I am going to find some other supports. If I can't get the support from my church, if I can't get the support from my friends, then where can I go to seek some support? And this is the time where you need specialist support that hurts. with hurts. people who know about domestic violence and they are going to be able to support you and say, we can help you work 
through this. It's a step by step by step by step process. And it's really hard what you're going through right now. But, you know, this is a time where we need to look at your critical needs. This is a time where we need to work out, you know, your safe boundaries and create those safe boundaries around yourself so that you have some space in your life to be able to start finding a foundation for yourself again, to be able to regain some strength, to be able to become empowered again and start moving through life more confidently again and where you can actually do the healing work that you need to do for all those traumas that you have been through so talk to me about where you are now and what you are doing to navigate the challenges that you're facing at the moment uh where i'm at now is um you know, I was so financially run last year, you know, from the domestic violence attorney and then uh, standing up, he trumped charges of second degree assault on me and my son. And that, you know, you're talking criminal, you're talking $10,000. And then, you know, in COVID, in the middle of COVID, and I still was an essential worker that had to go out in and, and separation from my my son. You know, it was ready. It was it was coming. I knew it was coming, and I'm, I wasn't trying to hold him back because he needed healing too. He needed so much healing because he he got hurt in this, not physically. He got hurt to that required medical attention, and. Uh, is it died down the first going to the end of the year? You know, when I realized that 50 people, oh, we got your back, we'll support you, this and that, 50 quickly went to 30, 30 quickly went to, to eight, eight finally went to like now two. Yes. And because domestic violence has such a high rate of murder, and nobody wants to talk about that. And I also had to address that too, because, you know, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. You pray and and find you some type of peace with God for God to assign angels to you. And I started mm. praying this and I said, God, I gotta have some type of stronger connection. I have a strong connection with with with, with my faith. I have a strong connection with my ministry. But this was a different type of thing for me because you know for some reason my mind started rumbling and 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 then all of a sudden I stopped you know stopped watching the news because for some reason last year in the DMV all the people that got murdered was domestic violence mm-hmm. and all they got blame it on COVID. Oh, but yeah, it's been going on for 10 years. And it was a high rate in the DMV. And then my mind appears and then I start looking, I'm like, oh man. And then it's after they got divorced, you know, you think everything is good. And then the spouse comes and kill up everything. So I had to separate myself mm-hmm. to be alone. And yeah. then I said, okay, I was expecting uh, a little piece of, of money up from, from a uh, family inheritance that wasn't a lot of money, but I knew that I needed to do as much as I could financially to pull myself out of the debt that I was in and just a little bit that I had 
it didn't even touch the surface of the money because I was out as of the beginning of last year, over $20,000. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, these attorneys don't have no problem. Be like, yeah, I'll represent you, but you know, you need, you know, you need $5,500 down and we'll make an arrangement. And you gotta, you know, you, you know, when you get a certain age, you don't want to arrange. So how much just so I can pay you? And then, you know, you go to court and I say, oh, I, she don't know about the criminal summons. I don't know what the summons is. Am I going to jail? Is that a warrant? Well, how much is that? Oh, it's going to be about 10 years. I mean, about $10,000. Why so much? Oh, because uh, it carries five to 10 years. So process through that. When the money came in, I was already sitting on a lot of things, Mm -hmm. you know, about my business. And uh, I started, I started just networking on social media with Facebook. And I started connecting with different groups. And one of the things I had to do was disconnect from all the people that was just monitoring everything with me. I had to disconnect with family. Mm-hmm. I had to just totally disconnect with everything that was negative because even my own aunt was like, why don't you just leave his house? And I'm like, this house was purchased when we were married. This this is my home. This is mm-hmm. all I know. And for you to call me, to tell me, because he made all the calls. He brought so many people in it with so many narcissistic, not narcissistic lies. And I'm like, you know, okay, I, I don't have time. I and now I got this on top of this, the loss of, you know, family and then the loss of, you know of a, a separation of the only persons, you know, only family that I thought I was close with that came into my home and, and was with my spouse. So all this is just too much. So I had to shut everything down and just be alone. Mm-hmm. I had to shut Facebook down. I had to disconnect mm-hmm. from a whole lot of people. I had to even change my number. Yeah. That was the yeah I've been there I've been there I know I yeah disconnected from everybody literally and changed my name and and everything and this is you know what you need to do to to stay safe and to have a chance at having a a fresh start afterwards so yeah so it it was poison because now you got the wrong opinion because you talk to Everybody talked to my spouse. Nobody talked to me Mm because I shut down. So in the midst of shutting down, I just started writing my vision about my business. I just started writing. I shut down. And I started securing myself. And, of course, I already had to secure the cameras up because that was one of the bills that I had to pay connected with with the cable internet. And I just kind of boosted it up a little bit for security. And I said, Monica, this is where it's, it's you. This is where you're getting ready to learn how to navigate a little bit different. And I start just meditating. I started meditating, I started fasting, and I, and I just had to just breathe in, release, I had to scream, mm-hmm. I had to feel, I had to, and I had to do it by myself. This house no longer mattered because the love that was in it, and one thing about a, 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 a house, you know, and a lot of people understand the difference between a house and a home. 
See, a home is love. A home is where, you know, you have joyful, you know, laughter. You have joyful people come in. You, you know, you break bread with people and you, you're happy to see people because you got love. And when there's no love in the house, the whole house falls apart. Mm-hmm. And then the house started slowly decaying. Brand new home. And I came home one day and I, then, you know, part of the wood floor was coming up. I was like, wow. And then, you know, it, it, the drain overfilled and, and it got into the room and it molded and, 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 and rained inside of the house because the love is gone. Then I came home one day and then the shutter was lopsided. Love gone. So I said, Mark, it ain't about the house. Cause if I thought a day in the morning, guess what's not going to leave this house. I can't, nobody's going to say, wait a minute, hold on. We're going to put this whole house in the graveyard. And I started detaching from that. And then I started detaching to reattach and reconnect Monica. Because Monica was, was leaving. And I could feel the life leaving out of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I started putting one foot in front of the other. And I started working on my mental. And I said, okay, I don't have the, I don't have the insurance card. It's like, well, Miss Washington, we can't see you because it's just one number that we need. I said, well, I got the old card. We need that. And, and COVID, you know, also turned a lot of people away. So I started working on myself mentally. Mm. And I started working on myself physically. And then I started... Uh, making sure that I lost weight because I knew with the stress. Because when I started this in February of 2020, I was a size 38 pushing a 40 in the waist. I'm now size eight. That was going to kill me on top of what I was dealing with. So I started eating. I started uh, eating better. And I didn't realized I didn't have the luxury food because I'm a I'm 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 a southern cooker so I cook from scratch bake bread from scratch so I stopped all that mm-hmm. so I said I'm only going to get the bare necessities of what I can get because now you you, you cancel the car insurance and I need I, you need insurance on your car okay pick that up turn the lights off okay so I turned the thermostat off I didn't I, I stayed the whole winter with my house being 18 degrees and have one space heater. Okay, Monica, make it, make it work. So when I would come in some days, it wasn't just frosted the windows on the outside, it was frosted inside. So yep, he may be somewhere warm, family. He, he's, he's not going to see Monica, make it work. I didn't, I didn't bow down to the grief and the pain the way I wanted to. My knees, I buckled a little bit, but I also made sure that I kept my running shoes around my neck. And I got that when I read, when I think about a book that I read, always keep your running shoes around your neck. Never get too comfortable. Always be ready to run through the maze. I love that. It's such a great quote. And if you don't keep your running shoes around your neck, then you know what? You're going to be stuck. And I said, okay, Monica, utilize this. So when it would come in, I had a, oh, I had a, I had a pair of Ugg boots. I said, okay. I had to walk around the house with my Ugg boots. And I made sure that I had a very nice uh, pajama with the, with the hood on it. And I had all of that. And I would just stay in one room. Yeah, I didn't worry about no more in the house. And I started praying. I said, God, I said, I know that if I don't run the 
hate the pipes of births. So I said, God, I got to lay my faith in you. Let me tell you how I know it's a God. Let me tell you how I know it is a God in heaven that hear your cry and hear your prayer. Because God said in Ezekiel 14 and 14, I will fight for you. All I need you to do is be still. Not one pipe burst. My house, it was literally 18 degrees, starting from the end of November all the way. The warm weather did not come until the 1st of April. Yeah. I yeah. could literally not afford to turn the thermostat on. Yeah. I mean, I turned it, I went in the basement, uh, second part of the house, and turned it off. There's nothing on the thermostat because I couldn't afford it. Wow. And I'm when you're talking about God has angels assigned to you, mm. and I'm District of Columbia, it was 18 degrees in my home. When it was when the temperature outside was, was 24 and 26 degrees, my house sometimes was 15, 18 degrees. Mm. Not one pipe burst. I turned the water faucet on and let it drip. God heard my prayer. Some people had heat on in DC in the middle of COVID and Virginia and the pipes burst and they were running. I said, God, I thank you. Mm-hmm. And then again to let you know God here the little space heater which was the black and delicate it wasn't really big because I would close the door and it kept me warm it went out on the first day that it got warm when I unplugged and I was going to put it back in the box and it went out God will hear you and I knew that there were angels assigned because through the process, I said, okay. So I started meditating. I said, okay, God, I'm gonna meditate more. And then I started getting the things I needed for my for my for my products. And I said, I meditated and I meditated and I and my rose is my signature after my grandmother and I felt she was an angel around me. So I have my rose and then I needed calm and, and then I made the lavender and then I needed peppermint because I needed something to help with the migraine since I could not go to the doctor and peppermint is really good for headaches. And I start, you know, you know, using my own products because everything is holistic and organic and, and it's made for any diverse skin type and I took that in consideration so when I started using just I only make rose peppermint and I make lavender and I make a peppermint too because I make my own liniment and I said I gotta find a way to go back the old way so I started mm. just doing what I did in the south yeah. before the technology and high-end doctors I said okay I'll just go back what back, I to, basics. back, to, back to basics back to basics yeah. And the went away. Yeah. I think I'm, that's, you know, just looking at real. the planet, where we're at with the planet, I think, you know, this last year and a half has been sending us this mess, message that we need to get back to basics again. And we need to, you know, like turn to nature and see what answers nature has to offer us because you know, we've messed, made a mess of things. So we need to really get back to basics again. So I'm so glad that, you know, you are such a resilient person and that you have just shared how you have, you know, really worked with your adversities and stayed proactive and stayed looked for your calm in you know in that adversity because um you know that 
kind of fear of uncertainty can leave us unrendered, unable yeah. to to move forward. It can keep us stuck. It can keep us frozen, and things can go from bad to worse. But what you have told me is that you know when things got dire for you, you worked with the dire and you you tapped into your faith and you kept saying what does monica need to do you know what can i do with this situation and you stayed proactive which is absolutely amazing so what we're about out of time now i wish okay. that we could continue this conversation but what i want you to do now is to just let the listeners know of where they can find your wonderful healing products uh, my my products now are on etsy and that's etsy and when you go to etsy you want to type in nieces n-e-e-c-y treasures t-r-e-a-s-u-r-e-s that's together nieces treasures and my shop will come up and my business, you know, it tells you everything is holistic. Uh, everything is organic, uh, all the way down to the herbs that I use. And even when I ship my products out, I use vegan boxes. I use everything. I took all that in consideration because, you know, with, with COVID, the way everything was going on, I just wanted to go back to the basics of just the old Southern, you know, Kentucky girl that I am, born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, raised in Clarksville, Tennessee, and who knew playing outside in the fields that, you know, this would be something of importance. And I just remembered all of those things. And I just, I just took all those and I brought those into the rim of my life. And for, it, it took my mind off of, it, it took the fear away when I got into my products because one of the things that I do when I make my 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 products because I have the body butter I do my own oils I make my own candles and I make my own soaps. It took my mind off of the fear. It took my mind away from the 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 nightmare, and I was able to be happy because I poured all the pain and purged it out of me and, and turned it into something beautiful. And uh, I don't know if you can see it. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but. I can I see, I can see your range there in the, I don't um, take in the I picture. Do and yeah, it looks absolutely beautiful. And, and it helped me when I needed to come, when I needed to meditate my lavender, and when I need to feel beautiful, I use my rose, and they all have such a beautiful scent, and on my birthday, me and my son's birthday, I'm going to be launching my new male uh, butter for the men, and it's named after my, my grandson, Corinthian, and it's called Corinthian, be on your guard. I will be launching that on the 29th of May. Uh, on his uh, father's birthday, born on my birthday. And that's my hope, mm. you know? And um, I am networking with another agency here because uh, the domestic violence is full right now. So I have my application in for Alexandria, Virginia. And I want to be able to take uh, samples to people, you know, where they get the, the body bulk a body butter or a soap 
and maybe not the candles because if they're uh, some of the people that are in the shelter, I wouldn't want to, you know, make that hazard to them. But, you know, I want to be able to give back. And right now I am just trying to navigate through 2021 because uh, I'm in divorce proceedings right now. I stay neutral as God spoke to me to do and my spouse filed and I am again tremendously drained. Everything costs money. You don't care what you do in life. Everything costs money. And uh, working now on my to build a nonprofit organization, how to overcome the economic strikes of welfare and abuse. Yeah. Uh, is what I'm working on right now. And uh, you can never say, you know, oh, it'll never happen to me because you don't know. No, oh, well, right. you're young. Yeah. You don't know. Oh, that ain't going to happen to me. I'm 55 and it happened. Yeah. yeah. It happened. So you, I think we, you know, I, I want to make sure my voice is heard. I'm never going to shut up about it, you know, because uh, I learned something that I, I didn't take it for granted 20 years ago, I didn't understand it, but now I got it, you know, 20 some years later, I was like, wow, I got what she meant. And I see when I close my eyes, I see this beautiful, you know, she was a beautiful white woman. She had such beautiful, healthy hair. I remember her hair was so healthy and blonde and I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And when I opened my eyes, if I could touch her mm -hmm. and see her one time, I would say, I understand, baby. Mm -hmm. yeah. so independence has been rebuilt in me uh, confidence I pulled it back up self-esteem pulled it back up because it's nothing to be ashamed of it ain't our fault that somebody else has issues that ain't my fault my, it would have been my fault if I would have stayed and didn't do anything about it yeah so it's time to stand up, rise up. And I'd like to work on getting some things better in place for people of domestic violence. Because even though you may have a restraining order, it's only a piece of paper. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it literally means nothing. It's supposed yes, to be a deterrent. Point. And for some people, for some perpetrators, it will be a deterrent. It will be enough to make them, you know, step back and be more careful about their behavior. But for many, you know, perpetrators, it doesn't matter. It is just a piece of paper to them. And if anything, it, it can often escalate what's happening. So, yes. Yeah, yes, it's, right. it, it is a time where, you know, like I will always emphasize this, Monica, that, you know, a person's safety is the most important thing to consider because if you aren't safe, then you are at risk. And if you are at risk, you have no peace. So you need to do everything in your power to make sure that you are safe. And about, oh, just refresh my memory. What, were, what was when it? I, that, when I talked about... When I talk about that, I, I I don't like being in denial, but I was in denial. And when I when I came out of denial, I realized I said this is abuse. Yeah. Because I yeah. didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose the house. I mean, I didn't want to lose my home. No. I didn't want to lose family. Yeah. I was in denial, and I don't like being in denial. I don't work well with denial. And for a minute, I was in denial. It's like, yeah, no, it's it's this. And then, no, it's that's that's abuse. Yeah. 
Come yeah. out of that, Monica. And you're walking around like a, it's, it's like you're in a maze. Mm. You're in yeah. a maze. Yeah. I just remember you got your running shoes around your neck. Keep them tied up so you can continue to keep running. Because if not, you're going to be stuck in that maze. Yeah. Yeah. And that maze is what's going to kill you. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't have your running shoes on around your neck, as long as you got your running shoes tied up around your yeah. neck, then all there's a way out. Yeah. They, they, they layer the force, run force, run force, run force. Yeah. Keep your shoes on so you can run. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> and let some stuff go. It ain't, it's not worth it. So yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a materialistic girl. I'm glad I'm not a materialistic girl. You know, that's how I made it in the in the world. You know, you don't you don't put your 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 treasures on things that you can't take with you. They're only here for enjoyment for just a little while. Yes. Not saying yeah. that you don't like nice things, but don't put too much emphasis, emphasis on, it on them. When, yes. when your when your safety is at, at yeah, is at absolutely. Risk. Thank you so much Let for saying that. Go. Let it go. Absolutely. Because, you know, you can replace stuff, but you can't replace you. So, yeah. And what you were talking about with COVID and, you know, all the fatalities. And that's what I wanted to talk about was how you actually had to switch off because it was too much to keep hearing about, you know, when you felt that, that very real risk for yourself. So, and what you've done is you've just worked and worked and worked on you and you have worked on speaking life and health into, into, into yourself. I love it. I'm and just, you know. And, and I'm working on my manifestation, spiritual journey. Yeah. I'm on day 18 now of my fast. And so I'll go into meditation after I finish this. I'll go into uh, spiritual fasting and let God speak the verse for me today. And that's how I'm building my manifestation fasting journal. And that's another thing. I created my own fasting manifestation journal on how to raise up and rise up that I am actually talking to a publisher about right now. Mr. Sugar Ray Destin is my publisher. So uh, a lot of things kind of got, you know, I had a break in recently, uh, you know, in my car, my MacBook got stolen and uh, my Apple MacBook, iPad, iPad Pro, my Nikon camera and uh, my headphone set, over $6,000 worth of stuff, just, the, just those properties. And, you know, sometimes scare tactics come in. Yeah, but I'm so strong now in in my fasting. I'm a lot stronger in my uh, rebuilding of me, and my faith is so far up that the scare tactic. I can say who I think it was. It didn't even work. Yeah, because wonderful. My journey, my spiritual connection is so strong. Mm. It's just materialistic. Detach, detach mm. from the detach. Well, I'm so grateful that you reached out to me to be on the podcast and yeah, I'd love to have you back on again another time. So um, yeah, so we'll must do that. And just for the listeners, I will definitely include a link 
to Monica's products and her Etsy store in the episode notes. So please just have a look at the episode notes and you can take that link and go straight to her Etsy store to find her gorgeous, gorgeous products. And I'll leave today's show with this thought. Betrayal recovery does not happen overnight, but let's hold each other up as we get up each day with courage to walk forward. Let's support each other in creating healthy boundaries to stop others from using and abusing us. And let's remember to dedicate time to be kind to ourselves and our healing journey. Thank you so much, Monica. Thank you, Miss Sandy. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation that I had with Monica today. I'll just leave you with some tips from this episode. The first one is keep your running shoes on to be ready to run through the maze of life. The next tip is when you are at the first stage of separation and you are under pressure with financial pressures and other external pressures from the abusive behaviors of your ex-partner, it is time to get back to basics. This is the time to get resourceful and use what you have wisely and be okay to make do with what you have putting energy into resentment for the things you don't have will only drain your energy more. The next point, it's okay to like nice things and desire nice things, but it is not healthy to have a strong attachment to them or put too much emphasis on them when you are in a cycle of abuse. Your safety is the most important thing. You can replace things And you can acquire things again when you are free from the cycle of abuse. So learn to let go. Number four, when Monica chose to withdraw during her time of great struggle, she looked at what she could do to look after herself better through this time. She ate healthily and lost weight, making her healthier and more capable of navigating her challenges because she had the energy and the good health to do it. And the biggest win for Monica, born of this time of going back to basics, but allowing herself to still explore ways to take care of herself, She created a line of products using essential oils, which has become a new source of income to help her find her way back to financial independence and financial stability. So get resourceful. The next point, Monica has a very proactive attitude. She is constantly asking what she can do and what the underlying message might be in what she is experiencing. When things started going wrong with her house, she saw this as a message that the love had left. This was one of the prompts she followed to show herself love through this time and how important love love and loving herself was. The next point is betrayal recovery does not happen overnight. Tap into support to help you work through the challenges you face. This is really, really important because there'll be lots of times where you'll feel like giving up and you need 
not only resilience, but you need support to help help you to know that somebody's got your back. Okay, the last point that I'm going to leave you with is remember to take time for self-care, to really nourish yourself and show yourself love. Remember, self-care is not selfish. All right, I'll leave you with that today. Lots of love. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow hosted by me sandy j this program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough teaches empowerment strategies acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side who share their stories and insights as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women 
regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.